What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Friday, October 18th. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, co-host of the TriStar Takedown, Memphis beat writer for Tiger Sports Report, also head SEC and women's basketball beat writer for NoHuddleSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. And, of course, find the podcast anywhere where podcasts are found by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. Or also on YouTube, type in The Mitch Davis Show. We've got a lot of great basketball content and football content coming out in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you go like and subscribe to that. Make sure you're liking and subscribing to the podcast. On today's podcast, we have a very, very special guest, good friend of mine, one of the most knowledgeable guys in college basketball. This guy's a mentor to me. He is absolutely the best of the best. Blake Lovell covers the SEC for ClutchPoints.com. He's also the podcast host for the March to Madness Marching to Madness podcast. You can find that podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and basically anywhere where you find podcasts and their podcasts are available. This guy is top of the line. He joins the podcast today. We're going to talk a little SEC basketball, talk about the Memphis Tigers and Penny Hardaway, and also talk about the national scene of college basketball. But before he joins the show, I want to give a special thank you to our sponsors, S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. They are located in the historic Arlington, Tennessee. I mean, they have everything. They have Memphis, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. They have every SEC team, every regional team in the Mid-South. They have it all, man. You can go check them out. They've got T-shirts and hats and jackets and all the good stuff, so be sure to go check out S.Y. Wilson. Tell them that the folks at the Image Davis Show sent you. They'll hook you up. They've got some wonderful new shipment of Memphis and Alabama and various other SEC schools there in the store. They've also got a lot of other things from fish and bait and tackle stuff. They've also got everything that the great outdoorsmen would want, Yeti coolers and all this other great things. They've got that there at S.Y. Wilson. They're wonderful people. So go tell them that I sent you there on the historic Arlington Depot Square in Arlington, Tennessee. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show. Find the podcast anywhere where you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. We're also on YouTube. Type in the Mitch Davis Show and you'll be able to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. As college football season wraps up and as college basketball picks up, we're going to have a lot of great content coming your way. want to thank you all for tuning in to the Mitch Davis Show. Hope you guys enjoy this interview with Blake Lovell. I am joined now by my good friend and mentor, Blake Lovell. Covers the SEC, has a brand new basketball gig. How are you doing, Mr. Blake Lovell? Mitch, yeah, man, it's uh, always good to catch up with you because that usually means uh, we're close to basketball season and we are here only a, a couple weeks away now. And, yeah, I, I appreciate the the kind words on the, on the new gig. Uh, getting started over at clutchpoints.com. Uh, they've been doing NBA, NFL, and, and baseball for a long time. But uh, now we're adding, you know, NCAA basketball and, and happy to be the person that they sort of uh, called upon to, to lead the charge there with my other good friend, Joe Nardone. And, uh, yeah, we're having a 
lot of fun with that. Lots more, uh, not just SEC basketball coverage, but but also just national coverage. And so it, it gives me a little more flexibility, I guess, in terms of trying to cover it all. And, and you know what? You also have one of the best podcasts in, in, in college basketball. I mean, you have you had Roy Williams on today. Talk about your podcast real quick and talk about where they can find clutchpoints.com. Yeah, I mean, Marching to Madness is, is the podcast, and oh, we've been doing this. Uh, we were talking about it before we came on, and I think it's almost four years now since we started this podcast, and it was it was sort of right before the, the big podcast boom hit. You know, there were a lot of podcasts, I guess, in early 2016 or whatever it was, but, but nothing like it is now. And uh, we just, you know, we started interviewing coaches. We called somebody and said, hey, you want to come on? And, you know, certainly at that level, when you hadn't talked to anybody yet, there's a lot of people that are hesitant. But, yeah, it's almost like it just sort of come full circle here, catching up with Roy Williams. He's the first uh, national championship coach we've had on the podcast. And, you know, 400-plus episodes later, uh, it was a lot, a lot of fun to catch up with him, you know, just a, a genuine guy and uh, certainly had a lot of success as a Hall of Famer and, yeah, it's just uh, it's been a lot of fun on the podcast, catching up with coaches and clutch points. You know, we're putting our podcasts over there as well. Uh, so, yeah, clutchpoints.com. Uh, there's an app. You can go to the Clutch Points app, which all of our NCAA basketball stuff isn't on there yet, but it will be here as we go throughout the season. You know, I have to ask you about that, Roy Williams, before we get into the SEC and maybe even talk a little Penny Hardaway and the Tigers a little bit. How was that Roy Williams interview with not giving away too much? What did you guys talk about? Because now well, I, I, I want to be a part of this interview. Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you, and and I told you before we started recording here, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, you see kind of how coaches are portrayed sometimes, and you never really maybe know what you're getting from someone until you exactly talk to them. And Roy's always been someone that, you know, he's been portrayed very well because I would say most people understand understand that he really is you know he's i said it that i think the word genuine is spot on because he's just a, a very you know nice good good to talk to human being like that's just and it's again if you weren't talking to roy williams about basketball you would feel the same way he's just one of those guys that's sort of a down-to-earth type of guy and you know we had a chance to talk to him not just about you know, the Tar Heels going into the season, which, you know, they're a preseason top 15, whatever type of team. Um, they've got a lot of talent with that roster. And he talks a lot about that, just the different guys that'll play roles. But he also just, you know, discussed his how he's seen college basketball evolve. I mean, this is his 32nd season as a head coach uh, at the college level and just how he's seen the game evolve. Um, he mentioned, you know, Dean Smith's impact on him early in his coaching journey and all that stuff and uh, even had some nice words to say uh, about, uh, you know, the late Pat Summon, who for me, you know, someone who was very close to my family and uh, they, they were very close and just, yeah, I mean, he's, again, it's someone that, that has has all the basketball knowledge in the world uh, and Roy Williams, but he also just has a, a lot of good knowledge in general. And like I said, just a, just a really good person. I'm going to have to tell you right now, as soon as we get off recording this podcast, I'm going to go listen to that <laughs> while I'm editing this thing. Cause that I, I I'm a basketball guy and, and you're a basketball guy, but let's jump into the sec a little bit. Kentucky was picked. I think it was for the ninth consecutive season to win the sec regular season. You know, is this the year that Kentucky and John Calipari win another national championship, or is this another year where they have the talent but fall short? Well, I think it's a, a year where, I, I mean, look, the SEC has gotten so much better, and, and it's so interesting to me because I almost think we're to a point now to where we make so much about a team winning the SEC when we have to remember 
Um, look at the teams who haven't necessarily won the SEC and have, and have made big runs in recent years. I mean, go back to South Carolina and make it to the Final Four. And then, of course, you had Auburn uh, last year. Yes, they won the SEC tournament title, uh, but also getting to the Final Four there. And it's just you go up and down the line, and that's what's made it hard for Kentucky to, to be that team every single year that while they're picked number one, like you said, for the zillionth year in a row in the preseason – um, it's not hard to stay there anymore just because the league's gotten so much better. But when you look at it, yes, getting, you know, guys like like EJ Montgomery, Nick Richards, Ashton Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly, getting all those guys back is just such a, a big boost because this freshman class is really good. We know that. Um, it's, you know, one of the best fra- best classes in the country. It always is. Um, and so when they mesh all that together, this is a team every single year. We know that Kentucky has the potential to win a national championship. It's no different this year. Um, it's just for me, you know, it's a matter of how everything comes together chemistry-wise. It's the same thing every season. Um, how early, you know, does it all come together? We saw last year that first game against Duke, and John Calipari was talking about that at SEC Media Day, you know, they they could have gotten beaten even worse than they got beaten because they just weren't there yet. Um, so how quickly does everything come together? That's always the question with Kentucky. But you pretty much assume, just like it did last year and just like it has for, for so many years before, it's all going to come together, and it's probably going to come together at the right time, and Kentucky will be a team we're talking about, certainly have another chance uh, to win another title. Before we get into the rest of, rest of the SEC, I have to ask you this question because I know – you're, you know, you like John Calipari, much like the rest of the SEC. What do you make of this lifetime contract? Is it a good thing for Kentucky, or is that kind of one of those publicity stunt that Calipari likes to do for recruiting, per se? Well, I mean, it probably, it had to be done because uh, in rumors, again, rumors are rumors. We don't know. None of us have any idea what the specifics were on all that. You know, there were the rumors that, that UCLA was certainly interested in him and wanted to at least try to set up something to to see if he would listen. And, uh, you know, Kentucky's best move in that scenario was obviously to, to lock him up for as long as they could. Um, and, and yes, and, and here's, the, here's the thing, too. We always judge guys on national championships, and there are so many people that they continue to say, well, you know, Cal hasn't won a national championship every year, so he's been disappointing, and if I had that talent, I could win a national championship. That's just not true. Like, it just couldn't, because every team's different. You can have all the talent in the world. We've seen so many teams throughout the All the, It's not just Kentucky. There are other teams as well. You can have all the talent in the world, but I'll tell you, chemistry – and just the certain intangibles that certain teams have, you can't replace. And if there are teams that don't have that, they're going to underachieve. And that's just the way it is. Maybe there are some teams that haven't had it, and there are some that have. And, and those have been maybe some of his best teams. So uh, the expectation in Kentucky is to win a national championship every year. In this college basketball landscape, it's not realistic, I don't think. Uh, it's because there, there's so many good players, not just at Kentucky, not just at Duke, not just at North Carolina anymore. They're all over the place. And so – that offers more competition, um, and, but I still think Kentucky's in a situation where, look, John Calipari's your coach. As long as he's your coach, you're going to get the best talent in the country, and you're going to have a chance to at least uh, be in the mix for a national championship every year. When you look at Florida, LSU, Auburn, when you look at that kind of the group and, you know, even going down into Tennessee, is there much separation between, you know, let's say Florida and LSU, let's say Auburn and Tennessee and Alabama? Is there much separation between those teams? 
I don't think so. And and someone was saying that uh, the other day. I don't remember which coach it was, but I think most people would would agree at this point. Kentucky and Florida are for me one A and one B. Like I, I don't think there's much that separates those two teams. Um, beyond that, you you could maybe look at the other teams and say, okay, well we could at least see this potential weakness here, uh, whether that's with an LSU, an Auburn, an Alabama, Tennessee. Um, I, I have continued to say that the next three teams I'd probably put in their their group together maybe uh, would be LSU, Auburn, and Alabama uh, because I, I think Alabama is going to be a lot better with Nate Oates. I think that they have the personnel to play that system, and that system's so tough to prepare for, just getting up down the floor and, and shooting uh, as quick as they're going to do on offense. And then with LSU, losing Tremont Waters hurts, but uh, they've, they've again, they've reloaded with a bunch of good talent. They have Skylar Mays and Javante Smart back leading the way. Um, and then with Auburn, I mean, it's it's the same thing. I mean, yes, that they lost some players that were just uh, very unique in terms of what they brought to the program. Uh, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chumo Kiki, Horace Spencer, Malik Dunbar, go down the line. Um, but Bruce Pearl brings in a great recruiting class. He's got a lot of uh, upperclassmen that, that have played quality minutes on, on the Final Four team. Uh, so I'd probably put those next three teams there uh, in that group. Beyond that, I mean, it's, it's probably anyone's guess, uh, in my opinion. When you look at a team like Ole Miss, you know, everybody's kind of started comparing them to the MTSU days of Kermit Davis. When Kermit Davis took to those MTSU teams, the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, won the conference USA. Is this Ole Miss team starting to take that likeness of those great MTSU teams or are they still another year or two behind that step? Well, I think they're in a sense, um, you, you think about it, those, those MTSU teams were we always felt like we knew that they were, they were pretty good because Kermit Davis was their coach, but it still felt like they didn't get the credit they deserve. And I think the same could be the case here with Ole Miss. Um, I'll tell you this, we're going through, and I told somebody this story a couple weeks ago. Um, I do a, like a, it's just a random SEC basketball pick them game. So my, my friend, Sam Snelling, who does uh, Missouri basketball coverage at rockmnation.com, uh, he sends out a game by game SEC uh, preview every single season. So what you do is you just randomly go through and pick the winners of every single game, just blind picks. Obviously we have no idea uh, what it's going to look like once, con once conference play starts, but you just go through and pick a winner for every single game. So he sent me the results back. Cause I had no idea. You know, you just, you pick every game, you send them in, he compiles the results, tells you where you have teams finishing and all that. Uh, he said, are you sure that you want it to be this way? I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, you had Kentucky one and Florida two. I was like, well, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, he goes, well, are you, are you sure about number three? I said, well, I don't know who was number three. He said, Ole Miss. I said, oh, well. I said, so I picked Ole Miss to win that many games, huh? And then I said, well, let me go back and look at it. So I went back, and I, I kept going through. I'm like, I don't know that I would change many of these right now because I, I think it's a product of their schedule because they do have a pretty good schedule with the way their SEC schedule sets up. But it's also, they do have a very talented roster with Brian Tyree and, you know, Devontae Shuler, Blake Henson. These newcomers, I think, are going to be really good. And when you combine all that together, knowing Kermit Davis the way I do in terms of how he coaches, I just think Ole Miss, while they, they were picked wherever they were picked, I don't remember if it was eighth, ninth, somewhere in there, um, I would be surprised if they finished that low, and I'd probably be surprised if they don't make the NCAA tournament uh, because I think he's done such a good job getting his type of players in there just like he did at MTSU, uh, and I think they're going to have a chance to win a lot of games again this season. You know, speaking of Kermit Davis, I know a lot of people have talked about this. If he does well at Ole Miss, you see him 
being one of these long-term coaches at a school where he stays at Ole Miss, takes them to new heights, maybe wins a couple SEC tournaments, maybe gets them, you know, to several NCAA tournaments. Do you see this being his kind of permanent job per se? Oh, yeah. I don't think in any way he views this as a, a stepping stone type of scenario, whereas, you know, maybe some coaches at, at different places, uh, you know, it's always different. Every situation is different, but I don't think he views that as all because it's it, to me, too, it's the SEC now. Um, you know, whereas the SEC before when it was really struggling, you know, you could have had teams maybe in that that bottom half or something. Uh, where a coach would have said, hey, you know, I got a team to the middle point of the the bad SEC or whatever it was, which I never thought it was that bad. But, um, you know, y- you could have had coaches that say, well, if there may be a better opportunity elsewhere. I don't I don't think Kermit Davis looks at that at all because he does. You know, you look at those facilities there, Mitch, you know this. I mean, you go to games there and it's just the facilities have gotten such a huge upgrade. Um, it's a great place to recruit to. And I mean, you have the SEC network, you have you have to pull pretty much everything you need. I mean, you have the resources to make Ole Miss a a traditional college basketball power now, just like you can in a lot of other places in the SEC. So I don't think we're ever going to see a situation where, hey, um, you know, you you never say never in this business. But uh, I think it's pretty clear that Kermit Davis took that job because uh, he sees himself there as a long term coach uh, and someone who's going to build this program into uh, an SEC power. And, you know, this leads me to this before we get back to the SEC with Memphis recruiting the way that they are, you know, 60 miles north of Oxford. Do you see that, you know, you see college basketball, you see Duke, Carolina, state of North Carolina, you got Kentucky, Louisville, you know, in the state of Kentucky. Do you see this kind of Mid-South region becoming one of those kind of silent but deadly killers in college basketball? Oh, I mean, there, there's no doubt. And, and you can go back and ask coaches for years, you know, certainly that Memphis area is one where we know all the great players that, that have come out of there and are going to continue to come out of there. Um, and then just really, you know, the, like you said, that the Mid-South, I mean, the Southeast, there's just there's so many good players in the, in this part of the country uh, to where it's th- those recruiting battles are getting tougher because the, the level of coaching is where it is at these schools. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, Penny Hardaway's at Memphis, Kermit Davis is at Ole Miss, Ben Howland, um, who was, you know, used to be the UCLA coach is now at Mississippi State. So you've got all these guys, Rick Barnes at Tennessee. And so you think about that when you've got all these different coaches in there that, that are able to recruit, you know, this particular area, it makes for just some really interesting battles uh, between them because it, it has become such an important part. And then the guys who can go out and sort of infiltrate uh, other areas, which, for example, take a Bruce Pearl at Auburn. I mean, look at what Bruce Pearl has done, like just in the Atlanta, uh, Georgia area. I mean, think of the good players that he keeps getting out of there. And once you can kind of find those guys in these certain parts and sort of make that, you know, your spot and you're able to to get the best guys out of that particular area, um, it's huge. And that's where, like we said, you know, Ole Miss recruiting in Memphis and knowing Penny Hardaway's there now, um, it's not going to be easy to take those guys out of there. And it's the same for anybody around the country that tries to come into Memphis uh, and get really good players. Uh, we see it. I mean, look at the ones he's been able to keep there thus so far. Uh, so, yeah, it makes college basketball a lot more fun. It certainly makes those recruiting battles a lot more fun. You know, I've got another Memphis question, but we're going to finish up with the SEC. I'm going to get your, you know, per se preseason. Mm-hmm. Who do you think still win the SEC tournament? That kind of thing. But looking at this bottom half of the, you know, preseason media selections, you look at a team like Arkansas, you look at a team like Missouri and Vanderbilt, what do you, and, and also Texas A&M with the new coaching staff. What do you expect out of that 
bottom half, probably, you know, from South Carolina through Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think South Carolina um, is probably a team, and we, we do this every year, and I've said this for however many years now, um, South Carolina is always going to be picked low. It, it never fails, like, and Frank Martin just laughs about it at this point, um, because, look, they're going to get picked low every year, and, again, we've seen them finish, I think, third, third, fourth in the SEC, maybe in recent seasons. Um, they made that Final Four run. So the best bet for me is if you see South Carolina getting picked uh, where they got picked, this year or, or anywhere around that uh, just be prepared for Frank Martin probably to get him to the sweet 16 or beyond because that just seems to be uh, what he does with these teams and he said it uh, on Wednesday he thinks this is his most balanced team he's had there uh, he thinks it, it's probably his best team he's had there and that's something to really think about because um, again he did have that final 14 and he has had Chris Silva and now uh, with his guards his he's just got such a deep backcourt man and, and they have a chance to be really good uh, and so if they're the they're the 10th best team in the SEC the SEC is going to be really good um, and then beyond that you know the, the other teams in there I, I keep saying Missouri and South Carolina probably the two teams I'd say are that are sleeper teams uh, Missouri just brings back I think it's seven of their top nine guys from last year so they have experience whereas a lot of other teams lost a lot of players who played big minutes Missouri brings guys back they, they had a, a decent recruiting class you have someone like Trey Jackson coming in a four-star guy uh, and then Jeremiah Tillman you know one of the best big men in the conference uh, I think they're gonna be a lot better on offense because they're adding uh, Drew Smith who played at Evansville and, and was really good there uh, he's gonna kind of take over that point guard spot uh, they're gonna be better on offense they're console Martin team so they're gonna play good on defense uh, I think Missouri is not going to finish 13th and I just wrote about that actually uh, yesterday at clutch points uh, on what Conzo Martin was saying about that being picked there he was a little surprised but He's not worried about it because he thinks they can be really good, and so do I, to be honest. And then looking at Vanderbilt, you're a Vanderbilt man, and everybody knows you You love your Commodores first and foremost. <laughs> Jerry Sackhouse is a great hire. I mean, you know, it's, it's a risky hire, but what do you think he's going to do in year one to build that momentum into year two? Because, I mean, looking at the roster, there's not much – it doesn't look like there's much leeway to – plus the SEC is just that good – to get above, yeah. you know, 11 – maybe 10 or so, but what does Jerry Stackhouse have to do to get, get that first year to be considered a success? Well, I think he's approaching it the right way because uh, the, the biggest thing he had to do was just overhaul, I think just the mentality um, because, it, and that's not easy to do when you're coming off of legitimately having one of the worst seasons uh, in SEC history. Um, and so it's not easy to, to take that part and sort of uh, have players compartmentalize going winless in conference play like they did last year. But I think he's sort of trying to do that. And, and if he doesn't, he's going to maybe help them use it as motivation. He was saying that uh, on Wednesday there in Birmingham about that they're not thinking about the, that season last year. You know, it's a new staff. It's a new era. Um, they're just focusing on what they need to do to, to take the, the biggest step forward that they can, certainly in year one. Uh, like you said, that's going to be hard to do because everybody else in the SEC is so dang good. But um, he is – I think he's instilling the type of mindset that they need. They may not have the exact type of roster that they need to, to do exactly what they want to do from a system standpoint, 
but he, I, the, the biggest step for me wasn't going to be just bring in as much talent as you can in year one. Uh, it was going to be taking care of sort of the, the mental aspect of this whole thing and really just trying to, to build a new foundation, uh, which is what they had to have. And, and I've said it many times, you know, I, I was not a, a Bryce Drew hater. And for some reason, I think people think that, that when I said that, hey, you know, at some point you maybe just have to make a move. That doesn't mean I didn't like Bryce Drew. I thought he was, I thought he was a good coach. I mean, obviously someone uh, who just found himself in a situation where, I mean, the, the numbers just weren't good. And when you have a season like that, that's going to kind of put everything on the table. Uh, and we ultimately saw what happened with them making a coaching change. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're kind of going from one system to a completely different system. And, and maybe it's a situation where they might not have all the talent they need yet. Uh, but I do think Jerry Stackhouse is a no-nonsense type of guy, just like he was as an NBA player. And I think that's going to pay, pay, pay dividends for them uh, in the long term. You know, one more SEC question I'm going to ask you in Memphis and then get your final four picks. We'll wrap it up. But looking at the SEC, and I know it's preseason, who is your SEC tournament champion as of right now? Oh, man. Like I said, I keep saying that it's Kentucky and Florida, 1A and 1B. Um, I There's just something, I think, about this Florida team to me that is – is just the, the way they play defense already and under Mike White. I mean, they finished, I think it's top 20, top 25 uh, in defensive efficiency every single year he's been there. Um, and now they add someone like Scotty Lewis to the mix. You got Kerry Blackshear in the paint. Uh, it's just Florida, to, it can be a complete team. And, and because I know everyone's going to say Kentucky, I'll just be different. I'll say Florida uh, because I, I think they have a chance to, to, be a national championship type of team uh they're going to be a little bit young still and that's something that, that will stand out for people uh but adding carrie blackshear with all that experience i think is someone like that that gives them that that experience and that edge maybe that they didn't have if they wouldn't have gotten him uh he's the big key and knowing how good that sophomore group is and, and how good this freshman group is uh, i think florida's got a chance to, to to be really good and so i'll take them just just to be different because i think i pick kentucky every year for uh however many years it's been now <laughs> you know looking looking at college basketball before we get into your final four pick the talk of college basketball has been memphis is Memphis the team to basically take over that Butler role per se and be, you know, because they're not on the elite level. They're not on the, you know, University of Louisville, Florida level. They're kind of on that third to fourth tier like Butler is. Is this the team that takes over that Butler role and plays a pretty dominant role in college basketball for years to come under Penny Hardaway? Or is Coach Hardaway still probably about another year or two off? Well, I think they, they've certainly gotten their profile to the point where people probably don't view them like a Butler because because of Penny Hardaway, but because they do have uh, that national, I guess, brand is what we're using now uh, is the buzzword we've used in recent years. But, you know, that they are trying to to put themselves on that same level, you know, because look, look back when John Calipari was there, they were, you know, right there with North Carolina and Kentucky and, and all these other teams, Kansas, Michigan state go down the line. Um, and that's what they're getting back to. I feel like with, with Penny Hardaway, because he does have all this talent. We know that the, class he has coming in this year um we know the expectation for them is to win that conference have a chance to, to win a national championship uh even if they're going to be young uh but that's you know kentucky's always young too and we see uh what's possible there with them duke's always young now you know it's, there's just so many different aspects to it uh, but i don't think there's any 
out. I mean, when you when you just look at the talent on the roster, uh, Memphis has a chance to to be right there uh, every single year now. And you would be surprised if they, they're not because they're going to be able to get the talent because of Penny Hardaway and that coaching staff. Um, it's just a matter of, like we say, I mean, we know they can get all the talent. It's I think people want to see it on the court. Um, how does everything come together and how does everything kind of, you know, go into place there for them? And that's what we're going to see uh, this year especially knowing that they do have that type of class. Uh, and so it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'll say that it should be a lot, very entertaining uh, because they will be one of the more entertaining teams in the country, but they're going to continue uh, to be just entertaining as a program because Penny Hardaway is leading the way. And um, he, he always uh, has some, some very exciting things to say. We know that don't we? <laughs> Um, and this is the last question I have about Memphis. We'll get into your final four. Are coaches, when you talk to coaches on your podcast or talk to them on an article or whatever, are coaches starting to take notice of what Penny Hardaway is doing in the recruiting trail and how are they responding? Oh, for sure. I mean, because it's it's something that you just really, I mean, I guess you can't ignore it at this point because he is, you know, being able to, to get in on the best recruits i mean and, and like we, we were talking about earlier you know memphis is such a hot bet for for really great players and and there are a lot of coaches probably who have had a lot of success going into memphis getting the top players and now all of a sudden they can't do that because it's hard to, to take them away for, for penny hardaway and so um now that you have you know the top recruiting class in the country uh, it certainly shows that uh there you don't get that by accident you don't just get that as a fluke um that's just not something where we see a random team pop up that gets the number one recruiting class and all of a sudden they never get a good one again you just don't see that uh, it's going to be more of a, a common theme and a common trend than anything uh because penny hardaway with all the connections um with just you know his background in basketball he's gonna have a chance to be right there just like duke just like kentucky just like north carolina He's going to have a chance to, to be right there with every single top recruit in the country for the, for the most part, uh, because he is, you know, he's selling them on what he needs to sell them on, whether that's, uh, you know, his background, whether it's them getting to the NBA, you combine all those things together. Uh, he's going to have no problem recruiting. When you, when you look at college basketball as a whole and you get ready for the preseason, who is your final four and who is your national champion? And we'll close with that. I, I want to get your final four and I'm going to get your preseason national champion. Oh man. I've had such a hard time with this and, and I've been asked a, a ton, you know, who, who are those teams? And and I'll say, and I'm, I'm not going to try to be an sec homer here, but as you'll see, I guess I am a little bit, um, you know, Kentucky and Florida, I'm telling you when I compare Kentucky and Florida on paper to everyone else, um, there is reason to believe that the, these are two of the top five, if not two of the top three teams in the country. Like, I truly believe that uh, because that is all we have to go on. And I say this every year. All we have to go on is what we see on paper before the season starts. We don't know how all these freshmen are going to fit to the mix. They could be really good, but we don't know what the chemistry is going to look like until we see these teams play, uh, you know, early on in the season and how it develops throughout the season. That's what determines uh, teams that, that may be younger, uh, that don't have the experience to some of these other teams, that's what determines uh, if they're capable uh, of getting to a national championship. So uh, I will keep my SEC homerism going, and I will I will put both of those in there uh, because I just think they're really good. And I would be surprised if either of those teams uh, are, are disappointment. 
offense uh, because they have two really good coaches. They have rosters that have offense, that have defense, um, and, and honestly, seems to kind of have the intangibles you need to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So let's just throw those two in there. Uh, and as for the other two, I really like what Louisville has, and I'm a big Chris Mack fan. Um, I think he is just—he was one of the most underrated coaches in the country. He was Xavier. I mean, I think now he's getting more recognition because he's at Louisville. Uh, but I think Louisville could could really be a team that, that certainly has a chance to compete for a national championship. Uh, beyond that, you know, I guess the, the the next tier would be Michigan State, Kansas, Duke. If I had to pick one of those. Was Michigan State, I mean, Tom Izzo, again, is one of those guys who's done it. Um, he seems to always have a team that like has a chance to win names in the NCAA tournament. They're the preseason number one this year. Uh, so I'll just – I'll pick Michigan State as the others. So Michigan State, Kentucky, Florida, and Louisville. Um, and, you know, again, that's that, that's just me picking it. You could easily throw a bunch of other teams in there. But uh, as we know, uh, that's the fun of making these preseason predictions, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun no matter what. Blake, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Tell them where they can find you on Twitter, all your work, and be sure to go check him out. He's got a lot of great college basketball content. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Mitch. Uh, clutchpoints.com, like I said, that's where all uh, my college basketball stuff is kind of housed at this point. Uh, so you can check that out there, download the Clutch Points app, and uh, we'll have all our good stuff on there, especially once the season starts. And yeah, on Twitter at the Blake Level, uh, put out a lot of uh, just random stuff on there. So yeah, we're we're excited, man. It's a, a new season, and always excited to come on with you because uh, that means it's here, and uh, it's, it should be a really exciting season. Blake, we're going to definitely have you on as the season progresses. I mean, maybe even you know once a month or something like that. Talk a little college basketball and get your take. Yep. Want to thank you so much for coming on, man, and I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you in the future. Sounds great, man. Love it. Uh, have me on any time. I enjoy it. This episode of the Mitch Davis Show was brought to you by S.Y. Wilson, the historic Arlington Depot Square, and also John Murray Realty for all your realty needs there in the West Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee area. want to thank Blake Love for coming on, talking a little college basketball with us. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Shoot us an email at Show at AOL.com. Find the podcast on YouTube at The Mitch Davis Show or also wherever podcasts are found by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. want to thank you all for tuning in and hope you all have a great weekend.